Ben was saying, you know, he starts out with this idea, okay, if you'll do this, this is how it's going to go. If you do that, the other, you know, if you choose not to do that, this is how it's going to go. And, and what we see is time and time again in the Old Testament, you know, these things are physical that are being uh, referenced in, in the lesson this morning. At 9 o'clock, you know, there was uh, a lot of talk about, you know, the, the land will do what it's supposed to do if you do what you're supposed to do. You know, you'll be provided for. Uh, and when they talk about armies and invaders and pestilence or whatever, you know, there's always this promise of, promise of deliverance from these things if you, what? Repent. You know, if you, what? if you're obedient to my commandments, you know. So, you know, fixed in this is this idea of, you know, calling on the name of the Lord that we find in Joel. And, you know, of course, we're going to be talking about the New Testament side of that today, but I want you to realize, you know, what did it mean for them to call on the name of the Lord in the Old Testament, what was the promise? The promise was deliverance. What was the condition? Do what I say. Repent of your sins. You know, come back to me. And, you know, it's not just, you know, if we look at the Old Testament closely, we'll see, okay, you pretend you serve me. You say this with your mouth, but you don't. Because you don't do these things. You say you do, but you don't. And so, we will see the exact same thing when we go to the New Testament and we look at this subject. And so it's not just this, you know, this idea of calling on the name of the Lord. It's never been just this, and it's not ever going to be just that. You know, it's not going to be just something you say. So it's got to be something we do. So I, I, I appreciate that that was um, part of the nine o'clock you know if the message of the bible is repent 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 the message of learning is repeat 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 so we're going to have this you know idea that we find in joel probably all three hours all right um and this is just one of the reference verses uh and whosoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved and our question is you know what is that so we're going to Go through quickly, and we're going to see um, what we find when we do a search in the New Testament, kind of looking at this term. And we're just going to kind of go through these verses, read them together. This, these are the places where this is found. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. There again, I'll repeat Romans 10, 13 again. And whosoever, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 22, 16, I think this is uh, one of the ones that folks uh, wonder a little bit about. It says, and why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Going back to Acts 9, 14. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on his name. And this being a reference uh, back to Paul as he was going around 
you know, arresting those that were Christians. Uh, Acts 2.21, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 2 Timothy 2.22, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, and those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Okay, let's kind of look at some of the other things. What else do we find there? Those are just some of those references with regard to this idea, or that statement or that phrase, calling on the name of the Lord, or call on the name of the Lord. And kind of what else we find, you know, and you, you start piecing all this together, and it's a good bit, but, you know, you find the calling. You find your calling. You find heavenly calling. You find holy calling. This calling, high calling, his calling, same calling, and calling of God. Um, and when they were stoning Stephen, he was calling upon God. So, you know... These are all pieces of that, and you can think you can. This is a smart group of folks, been in the Bible before. You can kind of put some of these things in context a little bit as you think about them, what they were, what they were given reference to. So, what about word definition? If you look in vines, you're going to find 13 Greek verb uses and terms, and a noun and an adjective form for these three words call called and calling so an awful lot of variety in in use and of course some of them are going to be you know kind of commonplace uses that you know we'd use in our regular language not related back to that phrase so much um, the general general sense of it though you know how vines works you know they'll reference the verses where that Greek applies and the gen general sense of it uh, within the phrase that we're analyzing today uh, uh, this idea of to call on the name of the Lord um, seemed to have to do with an inviting or an invitation or with a surname or vo vocation and as we think and I will talk a little more about this but some of you were here some of you were not we did a lesson on this idea of adoption and we're adopted basically into the family of God. You know, you become sons of daughters by adoption. And when we went back and kind of did a look at ancient adoption practices, it wasn't like, it's not like we do it today. It's not the same kind of way as deal. It's not the same kind of thought. Even often, very often, adults were adopted. And it was, it was for a purpose. You know, the one who was doing the inviting, uh, the one who was going to adopt, you know, part of what was trying to be done there was often wealthy folks. You know, when you, we think about our Father in heaven, what does he have? He has everything, all right? And so the invitation would come from him. How inappropriate is this idea of, 
approaching the king, the rich guy, or whatever, and you inviting yourself to be adopted. <laughs> Is that really how it goes? We, we, everybody's like, yeah, we know that's not how it works. You know, the invitation comes from the one that has everything. And, in, and what he offers, you know, part of what was being offered in that adoption, you know, I want you to have my name. But with my name comes these responsibilities. You know, I, and we said it when we were doing that adoption lesson, when I, you look back kind of at the politics of Summit, you know, the really wealthy and powerful might have a son, their actual son, who was a little bit dense, wasn't acting right, wouldn't do right. And what he would do is he would adopt, you know, somebody that he knew. Hey, this is somebody who's going to show gratitude for me. He's, he's, he's going to honor me. He's, he's going to be like a real son should be. He's going to be what I want him to be, and I'm going to give him my name, and I'm going to give him all this other. And that was the deal. But as an adult, you know, that's what would go on. They, they would be adopted, and they'd say, well, you know, that looks like a pretty good deal to me. I'll take it. All right? And, and you know, the, this idea of a vocation, you know, when you think about a surname or vocation, you're taking on that name. You want to be a Christian. You're going you're gonna to do what? You're going to honor. You're going to respect. You, you know you know you're receiving a prize, but the invitation comes from there, comes to you, and you respond to that. And what has happened here is we act like the invitation comes from us. You know, the, the common thing in, in the religious world today is that I'm going to invite Jesus into my heart. You know, that's the call. I'm doing the inviting, you know, kind of like I'm setting the rules and I'm figuring how it's going to go. Well... Keep in mind, you know, that the inviting and the invitation and this surname or vocation, you know, if I've got a vocation, if I've got a job, am I, you know, I take on this job, am I the boss of the job? I mean, how did I get that job? Again, it starts somewhere else. It starts up here. And what do you do? Do you just run around and you got the shirt? I got my little name badge, I got the logo, and that's all it is. I work for FedEx, but man, I'm not going at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not, you know, whatever it is they require, well, pfft, you know, not, not that. You know, it's, it's, we want to keep in mind how Invi the inviting and the invitation relates to this idea of a surname, surname or vocation. You know, that keep in context what's going on with these terms. You know, what do they mean? You know, what do they mean? What do they mean when these things were written? You know, specific to some of the verses cited was this idea to call upon by way of or making use of the name of the Lord. And, you know, making use of the name of the Lord, you know, uh, there used to be a phrase, you know, that uh, folks, you know, if you, had a if you were from a respectable family or whatever and you were to go out into the community and do whatever and participate in some way, well, remember who you are, son. 
you know. In other words, don't make me look bad, you know. And, and this idea of the use of a name means something, you know. There are, uh, you know, almost, you know, you almost begin to feel bad for him. You know, we got uh, three ladies in here that taken on the name of Lewis, you know, and uh, what does that mean, y'all? You, know, you know, that it doesn't mean it's not like saying what we're saying here, but does it mean something? You know, and do, does what this person does? reflect on another person and then you know over time does it begin to reflect on a greater group of folks the family that's represented yeah you know so does it mean something you know and, and does it mean something when you take on and use the name of the Lord and does is it just about you know what I say or I'll wear the name or like Simon Harris, you know, would talk about folks would have the Jesus fish on the back of the car and then back run over him in traffic, you know, and come flying by, you know. So what does it mean? And what does it mean when you misuse it? And, and I think it means the same as it did in the time when Joel was written, you know, as we studied those things. Uh, those things still mean the same things. Yeah, you know, so what's the problem? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We see that in 1013. Is that a verse that many folks in the religious world today are very, very, very familiar with? Mm -hmm. and, and like I say, what do they often say it is to call upon the name of the Lord? Or something similar. All right. And we have this verse. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well now, uh, have we found a contradiction in Scripture somehow? Well, I, mean, we, I think we know no. And so what's the, what's the problem is, is what do we say then that it means to call upon the name of the Lord? What does that mean? And that was the question that was proposed for the class. You know, what's, you know, what's that mean, to call upon the name of the Lord? Well, is it just to say, Lord, Lord, or, hey, I'm a Christian, or I put a Jesus fish on the back of your car, or, you know, is, is that what it means? <clears throat> and here, you know, here we get back to this. And, you know, Joel says this. Peter references Joel. And Peter then says this. Okay. So, does it mean this? Does it not mean that? Or does it mean both? Probably means both, right? And, and we understand that concept. You know, you do this and you be, you know, you're saved. And you do this and you're saved. And you do, you know, it's kind of like with your job or your vocation. Or, you know, what it means to be in that adopted relationship with that rich guy or that king or whatever. You do this and this. You know, you do this and this. And we understand that. You know, it's not, each statement that's made is not somehow exclusive. 
So could we be focusing maybe on the wrong part of the phrase as we look at that? So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So whatever you do in word, period, no. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. So it's not say all in the name of the Lord. It's not a period at the end of word. You see there's more. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Matthew 28, 19, And therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. And the name of. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. So, when we pray, how are we supposed to do that? Because, you know, we can talk about, if you look back at all those different verb tenses, you're going to pick up on this idea that it can be used in that way. When Stephen is calling upon God at this moment of stoning, what do you think that meant? Was he praying, appealing to God in those moments? When he's calling upon God, being stoned. So can it, you know, so when we pray, what do we know about that? Do we do it in his name? And think about that. The name. What's important about the name? You see how these things relate. You know, you think back about this idea of a surname. You're going to take on his name. You're going to be adopted into his family. So how are you going to do things now? The way you want to do them or in his will? Are you the boss or is it by his authority? When do your prayers work? When you do what? When you pray in his name, in his will and by his authority. If we're calling on his name, how are we supposed to do that? If we were going to talk about this idea of call on the name of the Lord Jesus, are we going to do it in his will, by his authority? We're going to do it his way. Are we saved by running around saying, Lord, Lord? The Israelites did it. Folks today do it. I've done it. In an empty way. Is our confession that He is who He say, says He is the end of our part in responding to His invitation? 
is this acknowledgement or confession that we know we're supposed to give, is that the end of it? Is just doing that save us? And no. I see the head shaking. Is there a verse that tells us that uh, a prayer inviting Jesus into our heart saves us? And again, remember, who does the inviting? You know, this idea of calling has got to do with an inviting or an invitation. And I think often, you know, it's like you got your, your grace only and your works earned extremes, you know. This guy over here, boy, you don't have to do nothing. Boy, you got to do everything. Well, we know that we, we both have a part. God does his part, we do our part, and that's where we access that grace. That's, you know, it's, it's just coming together. It's this agreement, you know. So um, if I'm going to be calling his name and be called by his name, is there a verse that can give me some clarity? I think there's a lot, but this one seemed to kind of work because of the references there. But this is 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Does that sound anything like what we would have found in an Old Testament study of this concept. Keep my commandments. Do what I say. Deny your own will. Do my will by my authority. That's, that's, what, that's his call. You do these things, you know, this way. And <clears throat> as we uh, consider... Uh, you know, this as a definition, like a lot of the other verses or scriptures that we referenced, you know, this idea of calling his name isn't just about, it doesn't end with a confession or an acknowledgement. It's not just that. It's the things that go with it, like the adoption. Okay, I'm going to be called by his names, a name. I'm going to be adopted into his family. What does that involve? And when we think about adoption in the ways that they thought about it in the times when, when this New Testament was written, you, you knew what it came with. It was, you know, okay, here's this good stuff. Here's what you're going to do, and this is our deal. Uh, and if you're going to take on that name, having that name affects, well, everybody in this room, right? And we see what happens when that name is watered down, don't we? And when it's abused and the adverse effect that it has. I appreciate your patience in thinking about these things. Andrew will have a follow-up and I think mostly be talking about Romans 10 and Acts 2 
And uh, if you've got some questions about some of this, I think you'll be able to address those things. But again, you, you go back and look at, you know, this idea of God's part and our part. And we see that if we want to go from, you know, uh, condemned to saved, that there's something to do. You know, there's something that goes along with that. Now, is there a confession? Is there an acknowledgement? Uh, is there prayer? You know, are all those things a peace? Is there a part for that in all of this? Absolutely. You know, so as you look at that and consider that, um, most of us have climbed those stairs. You know, we've done those steps. Uh, but, you know, what we need to remember is that if you're called by his name and you're out there doing things that don't honor his name, he's got a, he's got a process for us, you know. And when, you know, he tells us to be blameless and spotless, um, do we know what that means? And how, how do we get there? What do we do? He's given us a formula for that. He's, he's, you know, repent of those things. Confess those things one to another. Um, you know, it's not just this idea of, hey, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's to, I'm going to quit doing what I've been doing. I'm going to confess these things. Man, I am not going to do that again. Uh, that's part of repentance and confession. You know, the, the powerful part of that, uh, we know when somebody does that correctly, that blamelessness comes back. You know, that good standing in the family can be restored. Trust can be restored. All those things can be restored inside a, inside a family that operates like this and that's what we are to be here and with that in mind uh, what I would say if you find yourself subject to this invitation in any way please come forward while we stand and sing the song that's been selected